Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Good Tuesday afternoon. Hope you're having a good day. How can you not be having a good day? Look at all the sunshine. Let's see here. It was last week that the ceremony was held. Gives us a chance this week to talk about the role and the challenges the RCMP's first permanent female commissioner is going to face. Yes, it was last week that we learned of Brenda Lucky being announced as the commissioner. And the RCMP has definitely been through some very difficult years. 403-974-8255. Would love to hear from you if you were a former RCMP member, knew someone who was or is a member, and, and how they've been dealing with some of the morale, the allegations of sexual harassment. The, the list does go on. But I want to bring in Dr. Robert Gordon, professor of criminology at Simon Fraser University, to join me in this discussion discussion. Hello, Dr. Gordon. Good afternoon. Well, to say the RCMP have faced some challenges in the past would be an understatement. Can you remind my listeners some of the accusations and uh, the the problems that they have been facing in the past? Well, the incoming uh, commissioner is going to have to address in particular the sexual harassment issues that um, have been prevalent. Um, that is uh, obviously an issue that they've been attempting to wrestle with, but don't seem to have made uh, very much progress. So there's there's one issue that has to be uh, has to be considered. Um, there's other things coming down the pike. Uh, one of which is uh, the recommendation that the RCMB be subject to. Um, external oversight. So they were <clears throat> they planned to create um, a, a board of governors, if you like, that are, are not government members but uh, selected from civil society, um, and, and would be able to provide an input, very much like um, a, a police board does uh, in some other uh, jurisdictions. That uh, met with general approval, but um, didn't go anywhere. Um, so uh, that's going to be something that the government will have to, the federal government in particular, will have to uh, have to deal with. Um, there are some obviously some concerns um, flowing from indigenous communities, um, and I'm not speaking just simply about the kinds of incidents that have hit the headlines in the last uh, month or so. But there are ongoing um, concerns about the relationship between the RCMP and Indigenous communities, especially uh, in northern jurisdictions. So there's been a big inquiry, actually, uh, and a report that came out um, not so long ago about the situation in northern BC. Um, That actually didn't see the light of day, but that's certainly sitting there squatting in the shrubbery, who's in mouth, um, waiting to bite whoever's coming in. Um, and there's a continuing issue uh, of unionization, which has been building for quite a while. Um, there's a very strong feeling uh, amongst many of the uh, RCMP members, as I understand it, um, that the 
Uh, one of the difficult things that the RCMP has faced over the years has been the absence of any uh, solid bargaining unit and uh, no re proper representation. And so um, wages and conditions have not done very, have not kept up, I should say, with, uh, with municipal and provincial police services. Um, I mean, it goes on and on. There's a, quite a lot in BC, there's a general concern about RCMP involvement in municipal policing. Um, so these are, you know, high-level uh, policy issues um, that the incoming commissioner is going to have to wrestle with. You almost wonder why she took the job. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> who, who else was competing? And were they really competing for the position? I mean, the, the, there is this uh, other uh, consideration which has come out in a number of reports over the last 10 to 15 years. Notice the time span that the RCMP really is too large as an organization now. Uh, it, needs to, it needs to back away from a large number of policing activities um, and focus purely on federal policing, uh, which it does pretty well. Um, border integrity, terrorism, organized crime, these sorts of things, if you like, FBI-like uh, areas of responsibility. Um, that it, it, we've outgrown, the country has outgrown a single so-called national police force. And I'm glad, you, Robert. I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to go back to it's. It's iconic. The RCMP. We we know that they have been here for well as long as Confederation. It seems. But so <laughs> yeah. so we're almost we're in love with the Red Surge. But really, what role should they be playing? Do we, as we move into a new future, does this uh, does Brenda Lucky as a commissioner have to maybe even suggest that I don't want to say blow it up, but redefine what the RCMP should be in this country? Well, the short answer to that is yes, she does. Um, the usual retort is yes, well, that's all very well, but the the government would never stand for it. The, the federal government in particular doesn't want to see uh, this icon. Uh, affected adversely in any way. And that's oftentimes been federal governments that have not really thought it through very clearly. And to some extent have relied very much on um, the progressive change occurring from within. Uh, it just simply can't happen. Um, <clears throat> this has to be an initiative that comes from government and it has to be you know, clear, clearly and carefully thought through. But uh, I don't think there's any real problem in uh, reworking um, the RCMP. Uh, it, it, lots of, of uh, emblematic organizations undergo major changes. If you look at the military um, and look at the military across most Western powers, they've undergone major changes in organization and so on over the last uh, you know, 100 years. RCMP doesn't seem to have moved at all, um, and particularly in the last 50. I often wonder why that's the case. And I've asked politicians, you know, why, why is it that you're frightened um, of any kind of progressive reform here? And I usually get a kind of huff and a puff. Um, well, we're not frightened, blah, blah, blah. We just don't want to disturb the crust. We've got other things to be getting on with. Mm. A thousand and one excuses for not addressing the issue, despite you know, the bunkers of paper that have been um, generated in reports pointing to the problems with the organization.
And even when I say blow up the RCMP, I'm not saying get rid of the RCMP. No. I, I, I do agree with you as far as the federal policing, just saying this is going to be our role. Because I think sometimes, right now here in Alberta, we're dealing with huge complaints about rural crime, that the RCMP, they just don't have enough people. If I called, if there's some stranger on my property, they're not going to get there. So you've got this almost vigilante justice that is bubbling under the surface there. So I I think if we look at even how provinces have their own police services, we, we now have, instead of RCMP many years ago pulling you over for speeding, it's been passed over to sheriffs. There, there are ways of taking it out of the RCMP when it comes to some of those the, the smaller detachments and focusing on a, a bigger picture when we are looking at terrorism and border security. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not going to argue uh, with you in that regard. I agree wholeheartedly. And I think you'll find it's an awfully large number of RCMP officers, former in particular, who, who would salute that. Um, th- there's a large number of serving officers who would do the same thing quietly. Uh, certainly when I've been advocating for change in, in BC, um, none of it involves you know, disposing of the RCMP. We're talking about redefining the role in such a way that it becomes manageable. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, oftentimes it's been retired officers who've pointed this out to me. You know, this is this is madness and we they can't understand why change doesn't occur. But doesn't that uh, say a lot if it's retired officers because they probably didn't <laughs> feel they could have a voice while they were in the force? That's that's precisely the yeah. case. Yeah. They fear the retribution. Um and that of course is something that's still very much bubbling away under the surface and if you speak out of turn, uh, then the great red machine will descend on you and um, your life is going to be a misery. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's a culture that has become entrenched in the in the RCMP. It's a culture of loyalty. Um, you don't uh, you don't step out of line. Um, if you do, uh, then there'll be consequences. Um it's not a pleasant organization to work for, as I understand it. Um, I've worked in other police forces, not the RCMP, but and I recognize this this problem of, uh, uh, of well, I wouldn't say it's bullying, and that's something that um, most certainly is on the, uh, the incoming commissioner's plate, I'm sure. Robert, I've just got a couple of other questions here. I want to take a quick break, though, and uh, definitely would love to hear your thoughts as well. 403-974-8255. I'll have some time after I wrap up my conversation with Robert to take your phone calls and your texts, especially when we are looking at the future of the RCMP. That's what's on the mind of Commissioner Brenda Lucky, the first permanent female or woman who's in a permanent position as the commissioner. Back with uh, Dr. Gordon after this. RCMP Commissioner Brenda Lucky. It was announced last week in a ceremony. Kind of interesting to see. I think there was a couple of RCMP officers, officers rather, who fainted during that whole ceremony. That was bizarre to watch. Uh, Dr. Robert Gordon, Professor of Criminology at Simon Fraser University. Robert, when you talk about this large force or service, how big is it? Do you have numbers? I wasn't able to find uh, numbers of members. 
Oh, um, I don't have them at yeah. my fingertips. I'm sorry, I can. No, that's no I'd problem. Never but have got them for you. But. but but that whole idea of just how massive this organization is. Do you think that is also at the root of the problems? Because we talk about having to change the culture. The RCMP have been around for many many years, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. So how do you go about making changes in such a large organization? Well, you disassemble it. Um, if it's grown too large and it can no longer, you know, bear fruit, then you have to you have to trim it. Gosh, that's an awful image, but um, yeah. it's basically what you have to do. You have to do some some basic uh, reconstruction of the organizations, and the place to start with that is defining its essential role. Number one, and it is, you know, a very efficient and important federal police service. Um, disengaging it from its paramilitary structure, uh, which I think uh, it really lies at the root mm. of a number of these problems. So um, it's still built on the British cavalry model, um, which bears no resemblance or has no value to you know modern Canada. Um, I mean, if you, and there's lots of examples of that. Even the title itself, you know, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, um, there are very few horse riders uh, in, in the RCMP, uh, the uniforms themselves. I mean, they, they, there's a whole bunch of, mm. of elements like that, which, as I speak of them, I realize I'm committing uh, sacrilege, but uh, that's the nature of, you know, an iconoclast. You, you raise questions, people don't like it. But it doesn't mean to say that the traditional elements have to disappear. Uh, you can still keep those um, to one side. Um, for, for novelty purposes, if that's what people uh, really want and that's what people have difficulty disengaging from. So, but they start with defining its essential functions, um, given what what exists at the moment and where the problems are, and then uh, work back from there. So, I mean, one of the things you've already identified very clearly, um, the, the RCMP really has no business in uh, engaging in provincial policing, um, or for that matter, municipal policing, and uh, needs to be out of that. Um, it's costing taxpayers at the federal level an enormous amount of money because it's subsidized. Uh, and that's why uh, contracting uh, continues to be favoured by provinces mm -hmm. and by municipalities. So in the end, it comes down to dollars and cents, not efficiency. Uh, Bob Paulson, who uh, Brenda Lucky is replacing, was he able to make any significant changes? Because those problems have been there for a long time prior to Bob. Uh, I think he, he struggled um, manfully with a number of key issues, one of which... Uh, was uh, improper conduct on the part of many members. Uh, he made it abundantly clear uh, that, that he had zero tolerance of, of that activity. And I think he did his best uh, to bring about change and paved the way for uh, Brenda Lucky, uh, who you know, will be able to pick up on some of his initiatives. There were major concerns, you may recall, about the complaints process and that uh, uh, it took forever for RCMP officers to be dealt with through their internal discipline codes. Um, he tried to address that in a number of spectacular ways. 
so I, I think he tried hard, but the, he, the climate, the political climate at the federal level wasn't right for him uh, to do very much more in terms of progressive reforms. Mm. Um, but then again, you know, the, if you look at the, the, uh, the tasks that were set out for uh, Ralph Goodale, for example, by the incoming federal government, there wasn't much uh, sign there that police reform, RCMP reform, was going to be on the uh, was going to be high on the agenda. In fact, I don't think it was there at all. Well, Robert, it'll be interesting to see what Commissioner Lucky has uh, going forward and see what kind of changes she's going to introduce. You know, it's not going to happen overnight, that's for sure. But uh, I appreciate the conversation today. More than welcome. Dr. Robert Gordon, Professor of Criminology at Simon Fraser University. I've got a couple of minutes here, 403-974-8255. That idea of maybe focusing on being uh, federal policing and and that way it's not so massive they can focus on something they do well and not have all the other issues that they've been having yeah someone just texted and said you know when you're listing the troubles that the rcmp has had don't forget the high river 2013 house break-ins by them for the firearms you're right during the the floods of 2013 let me see if i can squeeze in at least one phone call here hi brett hi Um, i'm doing well what are your thoughts no, you know what? It's garbage. Um, nurses, doctors, policemen, firemen, we pay them all. It's, we, we pay every single one of them with our tax dollars. Mm-hmm. Not a single one of them ever have to pay a single dime in income tax because they derive their wage from income tax. But they, okay, Brett, um, that's that's a different conversation. They still have to pay taxes. I, I know he's trying to say because we pay them with our tax dollars, and but you, they still have to pay taxes. Uh, let's see here. Let's take a break. Because after the break, I want to get your input on this one. It, it's a story that actually comes out of Newfoundland, Labrador. It is a custody battle between a couple over a dog. I'll tell you all about that and what are some of the laws when it comes to Alberta after this.